This podcast episode of On Air with Myrick O'Connell was taped in February of 2021. The material is still very much relevant today. If you haven't had a chance to listen to the show, we invite you to do so now. For those of you who tuned in previously, this episode of On Air with Myrick O'Connell serves as a good reminder for all of us about the importance of heart health and the work being done in our community by the American Heart and Stroke Association. February is Heart Awareness Month, a time when the nation spotlights heart disease, the number one killer of Americans, a time when businesses and individuals join the American Heart Association in a nationwide effort to encourage and motivate people to adopt heart-healthy behaviors. How can you and your company help in the cause? Find out on this episode of On Air with Myrick O'Connell. Hello and welcome to On Air with Myrick O'Connell. I'm Howard Kaplan. Today we'll be talking with Elizabeth Green, a partner in Myrick O'Connell's Health Law Group, who has been extremely active in the American Heart Association, having volunteered and served in numerous leadership roles for over 20 years. Grace Russler, an attorney in the firm's Family Law Group, who currently serves on the Executive Leadership Committee that plans the Lawyers Have Heart Boston 5K. And Blair Young, Senior Director at the American Heart Association. Together, they will discuss the American Heart Association's mission, community funding, how Myrick O'Connell has partnered with the American Heart Association, and the various ways you might consider getting involved yourself. Blair, I guess a good starting point is if you could kindly tell us a bit about the American Heart Association and its mission. Yes, Howard, I can. For nearly 100 years, the American Heart Association has been fighting heart disease and stroke, striving to save lives and improve lives. Heart disease is the number one killer worldwide, and stroke ranks second globally. Even when those conditions don't result in death, they cause disability and diminish quality of life. We want to see a world free of cardiovascular disease and stroke. And then during this pandemic, what we do is even more important than ever. Uh, 75% of the people hospitalized with COVID-19 had a high-risk condition, such as coronary heart disease or high blood pressure. There might be stroke survivors or people with severe uh, obesity, really anyone with a compromised immune system. And then this COVID-19, the pandemic, the the current situation, also has long-term effects. Uh, People with heart disease, diabetes, or high blood pressure are at a greater risk because they are fear getting out to get treatment or calling 911 to get help and have limited access to health food options and prescription and supplies. And COVID-19 increases unhealthy stay-at-home habits and is highly stressful. People are eating more unhealthy meals, not being physically active, uh, and all these factors lead to future cases of obesity, high blood pressure, diabetes. Here are some of the ways that we're making a difference. Um, We've established 21 rapid research grants totaling $2.5 million to investigate the cardiovascular implications of COVID-19. We developed a searchable data portal for scientists worldwide to share their COVID-19 findings. We've launched a Don't Die of Doubt media campaign to remind people that the hospital is the safest place in an emergency. Uh, That campaign has been viewed by 558 million times. Uh, We established new guidelines for administering CPR. Uh, We've invested 4.5 million into 33 community-based organizations to support struggling communities. 
And, and we work in the schools with 100,000 schools and 950,000 parents to get their kids moving through uh, the Virtual Kids Heart Challenge. Uh, and we're also providing uh, resources for businesses to help their employees stay healthy and active. And then locally, we're doing a few things here. In the, the Central Mass area, we have a, a virtual digital CPR training campaign. Pre-pandemic, we know 75% of all sudden cardiac arrests happen at home, but now we're spending more time at home, and it's the hardest place to survive a sudden cardiac arrest. And so it makes training CPR even more important. Uh, we have a stroke campaign that uh, makes people aware of the signs of stroke so that they get help fast and immediate. Uh, a health equity campaign that focuses on the fact that African-Americans and Hispanics are at much higher risk of heart disease and stroke, and therefore also at much higher risk of COVID-19. And so all those underlying conditions make them a higher risk, and we need to make them aware of that. The women's heart health uh, issues, and, and, and just recently, uh, we're funding a teaching garden here in the Worcester Public School System so that kids can get a sense of how to grow their own healthy food. I mean, these are just some of the examples. Uh, we're doing a lot of things here in the community to make uh, uh, everybody safer and healthier. Blair Young from the American Heart Association. We'll come back to you shortly. I want to go now to Elizabeth Green from Myrick O'Connell. You have been very involved with the American Heart Association with Blair and others for over 20 years. You've been honored time and again for your service, most recently presented with the American Heart Association 2020 Eastern States Legacy Leadership Award. Congratulations and thank you for all you do. One of the taglines for the American Heart Association is, what is your why? That's a great tagline. What is your why? So how did you get involved with the American Heart Association and what is your why? Howard, thank you so much for this opportunity to talk with you about these issues today. I had been practicing at the firm for two years when I was contacted with the opportunity to meet with an American Heart Association staff person who wanted to rekindle the Heart Association in central Massachusetts. That was 1997. Since then, I have been involved and my colleagues at Myrick O'Connell have joined me in over 20 annual heart walks, 20 annual heart balls, every Go Red for Women Day that there has been. And this year, thanks to Grace, who you'll hear from in a short time, we will be participating with a team in our third Lawyers Have Heart 5K event. My why when I first started my involvement with the Heart Association was really the opportunity to work with an A-plus organization to make a difference in the fight against the leading causes of disability and death, cardiovascular diseases, and stroke. My why today is that plus the opportunity to work with great staff people from the Heart Association, like Blair, and inspirational fellow volunteers in the community working to improve the health and wellness of our communities through educational programs, fundraising events, and advocacy at the local, state, and federal level. Now, how specifically, Blair and Elizabeth, how specifically does the Heart Association support the local community? Well, aside from some of the uh, local volunteer-run programs I mentioned earlier, the Heart Association funds research. I mean, that's really the core of what we do. Uh, the Heart Association invested more than $4.3 billion in research since 1949. That's billion dollars. And launched the careers of many of the country's most prominent cardiovascular scientists, including 13 Nobel Prize winners. 
In Central Mass alone, the Heart Association funds more than $1.8 million in research grants. Uh, we have a really rich history of, uh, of research capabilities here in Central Mass. I work with community ho communities, hospitals, and emergency care professionals to form effective and efficient systems of care that save and improve lives. Uh, our research programs have contributed to many important scientific advances. First, artificial heart valve, techniques and standards for CPR, implantable pacemakers, cholesterol inhibitors, drug-coated stents. And all of that it happens because people donate and support uh, the Heart Association. That goes directly to research. Uh, so every time you donate to a friend at the Heart Walk or if you walk or if you're at one of the events, that supports these life-saving um, uh, research and organizational uh, tools. Elizabeth, would you like to add? Yeah, um, through advocacy training over the years, one of the things that I learned about was something called the critical gap. And one of the reasons that fundraising for the American Heart Association is so important to me is the critical gap. That's the gap in the amount of money to fund medical research that the Heart Association has determined is meritorious, meaning that it is research that could make a difference in all of our lives, like aspirin did, like defibrillators did. But it's research that we can't fund because we don't have the money to do so. So that's the critical gap, the unfunded, meritorious medical research that for me is why every dollar that we raise in central Massachusetts through fundraising efforts is critically important to the American Heart Association for all of us. You know, I imagine a lot of what you do is also in the form of advocacy work, Blair and Elizabeth. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so I think um, when you say advocacy, it's not just legislative or policy, but it's more uh, advocating for healthy lifestyles and health advocating for the right choices. And people get involved for a lot of different reasons. And, uh, and some of the things that you don't even think about today. Uh, you know, if we were meeting in person 20 years ago, three or four of us would all be smoking a cigarette during this meeting. And we just take that for granted now. That's just a, you don't even think about it, but that's uh, something that the Heart it took a long time to do. And that's something the Heart Association works on. Um, we're the nation's teacher when it comes to cardiovascular and stroke health. We've made uh, public places smoke free. Uh, we've helped grocery stores and food manufacturers put nutrition labels on the foods as a customer service so that they can, we can make better decisions. Um, we work to make sure that everyone knows CPR. I mean, that's a, a real focus here locally and because it's, a, um, it's easy to do and it's as easy as calling 911 and pushing hard and fast. You know, uh, defibrillators mentioned earlier, those are everywhere now. We just passed a bill a couple years ago to get them in all the schools and make sure everybody knows how to use them and where they are. Uh, and then, you know, all the things we do that we just, again, take for granted, heart surgery, artificial valve, pacemaker, uh, anything like that. We have, typically we have uh, survivor speakers at our events and oftentimes 
they're surviving because of a procedure that wasn't available five years ago or 10 years ago. And what we're doing now is going to save a life next year and five years from now. So it's those things that we really try to talk about so that we know that everything we're doing is making a difference today and tomorrow. That was Blair Young from the American Heart Association, whom Elizabeth and Myrick O'Connell have worked very closely with for many years. Elizabeth, did you want to talk a little bit more about advocacy and legislation? Yeah, absolutely. I was smiling uh, as Blair was talking because I was reflecting on um, my involvement in a lot of the legislative efforts Blair was describing, and and most particularly, more recently, the smoking piece, as well as the CPR training piece. We have, through a grassroots campaign, been making CPR a graduation requirement in school systems throughout the Commonwealth that will accept that as part of their curriculum. And by doing that, we are creating a generation of lifesavers, a generation of young people who know how to perform CPR for the loved ones in their home or on a field or in a workplace when they get older. And with it being only hands only now, the opportunity and the education in that sphere is so important. The other thing that I'm very interested in are our legislative efforts to support healthy eating and active lifestyles throughout the Commonwealth. And I'm particularly interested recently and and active and involved in our advocacy around quality acute systems of care. There is a bill that's presently pending, uh, which will help improve the chances that someone suffering from a stroke may have less disability and less chance of dying from their stroke. And prompt treatment of stroke patients is important to me because of people like my friend, Rachel Henry. Rachel is someone who I've met through the Heart Association and who is a close friend of mine now. And Rachel suffered a devastating stroke as a healthy young person at age 28. And her stroke was witnessed by her doctor who she was seeing because she was having a headache and she had a stroke in the doctor's office. She got immediate care, and although she has some deficits as a result of her stroke, because she got prompt medical care, Rachel still works as a Worcester public school teacher. Rachel got married after her stroke, and she has a son who I believe is 13 now, all of which happened after she had a stroke, something that years earlier would not have been possible but for the work that the Heart Association does. Rachel is a fellow advocate with me for the bill, which will identify which hospitals are best equipped to treat stroke patients and will change the current law that requires an ambulance to take patients to the closest hospital. With this bill, ambulances will be able to take stroke patients to the closest stroke certified hospital. And this is important because if treatment is sought within the first three to four and a half hours of the onset of possible stroke symptoms, for some people, a drug that dissolves clots called TPA can be given. And that medication can significantly reduce disability following a stroke. Now, we say time lost is brain lost. And today, prior to the passage of that bill, only three to 6% of people who are having a stroke who are eligible to receive TPA, that clot-busting drug, receive that therapy. Wow. 
Elizabeth, I just want to follow up on that with one question. I have heard an acronym FAST, F-A-S-T, related to stroke. Can you tell us what that is about? So FAST is FAST because you need to get stroke care quickly. And the letters of FAST are an acronym. So you can remember F is for face. If someone smiles, is they're drooping on one side of their face? Can they fully smile? A is for arm weakness. If someone has arm weakness, that can be a sign of a stroke. S is for speech. If their speech is garbled or they're having difficulty communicating verbally, that's a sign. And T is for time. And the time is to call 911. Not to get in the car and drive yourself. Call 911. Absolutely. And just uh, one, one other thing I wanted to run by you. Is there anything people in the community can do right now to help change the laws related to these issues that you and Blair have described? So one of the uh, great things that the Heart Association offers is an online advocacy tool, and it's called the You're the Cure Network. And so if you log on to the American Heart Association website, you can join the You're the Cure Network. And this is a website where once you join, you can select the issues that are of importance to you. And then you receive emails of information and you can use those emails to reach out to your legislators to let them know about an issue of importance to you. Did you know, Howard, that if five people reach out to a legislator's office with an inquiry on the same topic, that gets people's attention in the legislator's office? So it's so easy for each of us to be one of five people helping to make a difference on these cardiovascular disease and stroke-related issues that promote wellness in our community. I hope you'll all join me in being part of the You're the Cure Network. Absolutely. Thank you, Elizabeth and Blair. I want to now bring attorney Grace Russler into the conversation. Now, as I understand it, Grace, you're a fairly new addition to the American Heart Association. Grace, what inspired you to get involved? And are there specific advocacy efforts that you're personally interested in? Yeah, thank you so much, Howard, for having me. Um, And thank you, Elizabeth and Blair, for inviting me to talk to you today. And thank you, Elizabeth, for inspiring um, everything that you do and inspiring me to get involved with the American Heart Association. I am now part of the executive leadership committee that plans the Boston Lawyer Has Heart 5K run. It generally takes place in June every year um, in the seaport in Boston. It's a beautiful spot for a run. It's usually pretty good weather. Um, we had a, we've had we had a good time doing it in past years. Um, it's really an opportunity for law firms and businesses that do business with law firms. So appraisers, financial advisors, legal research companies um, all run together. You know, whether it's attorneys, staff, paralegals, they all run together or walk and raise money for the American Heart Association and, of course, the organizations it supports. It's a great opportunity to switch out your suit for your running shorts and take a walk next to your Boston colleagues that you normally see in court. And a big question is, what inspired you? What is like the bottom line that inspired you to get involved? Yeah, you know, I've always championed physical fitness. I swim, I run, I dance, I ski, I play tennis. 
uh, all things that I do to keep myself mentally and physically fit. Um, I've attended a few of the heart balls with Elizabeth and heard extremely compelling stories from the survivors that speak at those events. They've always been very moving. In 2019, Myrick formed a Boston team to represent the firm at the Lawyers Have Heart 5K. And I had a total blast. Um, As I said, it was great to see colleagues that you normally don't see outside of a courtroom. um, And that was a real treat for me. And after the event, a really good friend of mine who is an attorney was in pretty good shape. We had danced together. She had a heart attack and she was hospitalized for a week or so. It was really scary. It was eye-opening for me. And it really pushed me to commit to becoming more engaged in such an organization um, that does such great work about these really serious issues that you know, as Elizabeth said, affects one in three women. And so it's our responsibility to do whatever we can to raise money and awareness on cardio and stroke issues and promote healthy living to stop some of these issues before they start. Grace, uh, any advocacy efforts that you're personally interested in with the American Heart Association? Yes, I'm very interested in promoting healthy eating for children and families as a means to combat childhood obesity, cardio issues. We know that healthy eating is directly related to life expectancy. One of the scariest statistics that I actually recently heard um, at one of our uh, American Heart meetings was that the life expectancy of an average person in Back Bay is 90 years old, and the life expectancy of someone that resides in Roxbury is 59. That's over a 30-year difference based on where you live with what, a a half an hour walk in between that it just, it shouldn't be that way. And it should never be the case that a family has to choose McDonald's over a home cooked healthy meal because of cost. And so part of the fundraising for the 5k goes to the social impact fund, which is a grant that partners with local organizations doing really good work for underserved communities in and around Boston. And one of those organizations um, is called Eat Well. They prepare meal kits specifically to families and children in the area with picture directions. So it's really easy to cook. Children can prepare these healthy meals and they actually qualify under SNAP benefits, which is really important because a lot of the time, the public benefits that are available to these families are extremely limited to not healthy foods, not fruits and vegetables. And so it's extremely important that we make sure that whatever benefits are available for these underserved communities, that they meet really good standards for health and nutrition, especially for children. Thanks. That's Grace Rustler, one of our newer volunteers, the American Heart Association and Myrick O'Connell. I wanted to just mention February is Heart Month. And so, Elizabeth, can you tell us more about how folks can get involved and specifically the Go Red for Women campaign? So the Go Red for Women campaign started in 2004. And the issue really comes down to the fact that one in three women still today will die of cardiovascular disease. And we have different signs of a heart attack than men do. So Go Red helps us raise awareness for women 
and for their doctors, and it helps us raise funds that support medical research to help women live longer, healthier lives. For women, while they may experience heart attack signs like men do, they also may not have any chest pain with a heart attack. Instead, they may have shortness of breath, pain or pressure in their lower chest or upper abdomen, lightheadedness, extreme fatigue, upper back pressure, or dizziness. And some women chalk up feelings like this to acid reflux, the flu, or sheer tiredness from everything that we all do. But when women don't feel right, they need to take care of themselves. Heart disease is the number one killer of women in the United States. And I believe that by working together, raising funds for research, educating our communities, we can change that number. AHA-funded medical research shows that in most cases, heart disease is preventable when people adopt a healthy lifestyle. Interestingly, there are two new medical research studies that were funded by money raised by AHA volunteers, and they highlight the potential benefit of a high daily step count. So 8,000 steps a day was the subject of one of the research articles that was better than 4,000 steps a day. So how about we all throw on our smartwatches or our phones and get involved with a heart walk or a 5K event with Grace on behalf of the Heart Association. Excellent. I want to bring in uh, Blair Young from the American Heart Association. What's going on in the wider community that people can help with? So the, the heart walk has been mentioned a couple of times. We have a heart walk in Central Mass. It's a great place for a walk. The, um, uh, the Heart Association website that you can find links to all of these events and other things is heart.org slash Massachusetts, spelled out, Massachusetts, heart.org slash Massachusetts. If I could just chime in, the heart walk is a great place for strollers and also for dogs, friendly dogs. So hope that it'll be a time that even with masks, we can all be together again outside safely and raise some money for the Heart Association together. Thanks, Blair and Elizabeth. Here's how you, the listener, can get involved right now in 2022. The Central Massachusetts Heart and Stroke Ball will be held on Saturday, April 2nd, 2022 at Mechanics Hall in Worcester. And the Central Massachusetts Heart and Stroke Walk is back on Saturday, June 18th, 2022. And the Boston Lawyers Have Heart 5K that Grace talked about will be held on Thursday, June 2nd, 2022. For more information and to learn how you can get involved to support the American Heart Association, visit this website, heart.org slash Massachusetts. I really want to thank everybody. I want to thank Grace Rustler from Myrick O'Connell, Elizabeth Green, who's leading the effort for Myrick O'Connell, as she always does with the American Heart Association, working with Blair Young and others. I'm Howard Kaplan. Take care and stay safe. The medical information shared during this recording can be found on the American Heart Association website, heart.org. Our guests today are not medical professionals. This conversation is not medical advice and should not be relied upon as such. Please contact your doctor if you have any medical symptoms, concerns, or questions about your health. This podcast is brought to you by the law firm of Myrick O'Connell. It is intended to inform you of developments in the law and to provide information of general interest. It is not intended to constitute legal advice and should not be relied upon as such. This podcast may be considered advertising under the rules of the Massachusetts Supreme Judicial Court. Music.